Welcome to Growing Up Punk, the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends. My name is David. My friend, of course, is Aaron. This episode is a return to the interview. It's been a little while since we had guests on, but we're back, my friends, and my uh, first guest back, after I guess you could say a bit of a uh, hiatus of sorts, uh, would be lead vocalist in the band Ill Communication out of California, hardcore band, uh, put out a record this year called Doomsday Brigade, which we'll talk about. Uh, his name is Andy Francher, and uh, we're also going to talk about you know things like being a dad and raising kids in the punk and hardcore scene and uh, all sorts of real fun stuff, really. This is a great interview. We're going to dive into some, uh, you know, kind of maybe new music for you as well. Got him to shout out some bands uh, from his local area. It's a good one. You don't want to miss it. Uh, also, go listen to their record, Doomsday Brigade. Absolutely fantastic. Um, but yeah, before we get into that, housekeeping, go follow us on social media at Growing Punk Pod. Uh, you can find us on uh, all of our social medias, really, under that Twitter. Twitter? That doesn't exist anymore, I guess. X, Instagram, Threads whatever go find us at growing punk pod tell your friends about the show that's why we do the show is to tell our friends about the friends of the show or something along those lines anyway without wasting any more time let's get into it this is my conversation with andy from the band ill communication Uh, I I didn't actually write this question down, but I like to start kind of at the beginning, just just as kind of I don't know for fun. Uh, do you remember the first punk band, first hardcore band, first show or whatever that you kind of went to or heard that got you into this world of music? Uh, the first uh, music I ever heard was when we were like little kids skateboarding at a, a park here in town that I can remember. Um. And the older kids, the some kids I grew up with, they had a older brother, older sisters. Mm-hmm. We'd go skateboard with these older kids, and uh, yeah, they were listening to like. I me- I remember one of the bands later being uh, the Bad Brains because it was like, yeah. I remember just being so crazy the vocals and just being like, "What is this?" I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if I lost it even or whatever, 
And uh, it was kind of like, this is weird. And then hearing it like later, like on a skate video or something like that, and, like looking it up, like, oh, that's the bad brains. Like, cool, like, cool name, you know? Like, but that's one of the first that day I remember like hanging out with those kids, them like seeing the misfit stickers on stuff. And then uh, Suicidal Tendencies was a definitely a band I remember. I remember a kid playing it because the tape cover was the where they're hanging upside down in the in the jungle gym. And uh, I saw the name and I was like, there's no way my mom and dad would let me have that tape. So I told her, remember, here in Suicidal. So um, that was basically the, the first, like, hearing that music and realizing, like, oh, this is for, like, this is skateboarder music. I don't even know if we knew it was punk or whatever. Cause we thought a lot of things were punk. We thought the Beastie Boys and Violent Femmes and, and Talking Heads. We thought we thought everything that, that not everyone else in, in our town liked was punk, so... Yeah, uh, that suicidal tendencies. Um, what was the video? Didn't they have a video where they like turn a, like a living room into a skate park and they're just like, yeah, that sounds right. My memory's terrible now. Um, I'm wondering if it was was the song "Skate or Die." I can't remember anyway, but yeah, like obviously very fitting skateboard music. Um, that video stuck with me for like since the first time i remember watching it late night as a kid or whatever on you know like some uh like punk or alternative program on up here we have or had much music was kind of like our mtv as it were um and yeah they they had a program called the wedge and i can remember which was all like alternative and punk stuff and it was like fridays at you know like 11 or something like that and i remember staying up and that suicidal tendencies video was just like man so cool so rad but uh do you remember the first first time going to a show because like we're going to get into this in a minute but um as we've kind of texted back and forth and talked and stuff like you've got i don't know if you have kids or just a kid do you have multiple children uh yeah two boys yeah okay and they're all like getting a little bit older right or like yeah, teenagers. Yeah, an 18 year old and a 16 year old now yeah so do you remember you know kind of being that age or even younger or whatever and you know like the first show that you you went to that just kind of like blew your mind um well we grew i grew up in a town called tatchby which is a small town in like almost central central to southern california on the northern side of southern california if that makes sense but um Mm -hmm. so we didn't have shows here at all growing up um once we got our driver's license we would drive down to bakersfield there's a place called jerry's pizza that like a bunch of bands have played that you know, bands that have been on your show, even they've played there. Um, and we went and saw like one of our friends bands play or a kid we knew from Tatchby that played there. And it was like, that was kind of, I remember like the first punk kind of show that I ever went to. I'd gone to some other shows, uh, concerts, you know, growing up, but that was the first, like, whoa, this is like a little punk thing. Um, I'm trying to think what the first, I don't remember what the first hardcore or really punk show was. Um, but that show, and I can't even remember the name of the kid's band or anything like that. It was a local kid, and we just went down there to the pizza place and probably went skateboarding in the alley across the street and then came back and watched them play. And then I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then, like but I said, our town was pretty small, so we didn't have, like, a real record store. We didn't have a venue or nothing like that. So we had to drive everywhere once we started going to shows. So how, how big is, well, I guess at that time, how big was Tehachapi? Oh, uh, I don't I'm just, the only reason I ask is cause like, I also grew up in a small town and I'm like, I feel like there's going to be some like 
sort of crossover in our experiences. Like, so for myself, the first shows that I was going to, like I had to drive, uh, at the time I lived, uh, I don't know how well you would know, you know, Alberta where I live, but, I, but I used to live about half an hour from the city of Calgary. And so that's where we'd like go to all of our shows. And it eventually got to a point where like, you know, I started playing in my own band and then going like, well, I want to do shows here. Uh, and, and I mean, I guess the reason I'm bringing this up is because, so if I go back just like a step or two, so my introduction to your band was through Roger, who's obviously in the band, um, being a fan of, you know, his music over the years and whatnot, and him one day saying he had this new band and whatever. Um, so I had actually like was talking to him a little bit before sitting down with you and he referred to you as, <laughs> I think his words were the godfather of Tehachapi hardcore. Now, is that like, is, is that something you've heard? In, in any way, shape, or form, or is it like just this yeah, running I mean, inside joke? Well, not just from Roger, but I, so, I mean, I don't know. This is going to sound very weird and kind of a thing where, like, being the godfather of Tashby Hardcore is like, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's not the hugest scene or nothing like that. <laughs> there, was, there was a time back when I met Roger and he was playing in bands and I was doing bands a lot. We were all doing all kinds of stuff where, Tashby did have a big scene. I mean, like American Nightmare played here, Bane, a throwdown, like some of the bands of that that era <clears throat> played here and mm-hmm. like a, in a small little town. And it was almost because we had a bunch of friends from Oxnard and Fresno and Bakersfield and Lancaster. So they'd all just drive out. And then we'd drive out to to their to their home, you know, uh shows. So um I guess that kind of makes sense. I did all those shows that happened here in the beginning were because I was booking them and making yeah. them happen. Um but at the same time, like if there wasn't like 50 kids that wanted the shows, it would have never have been a thing. So I think I was just the one that kind of said, I'll do it. I'll book it. Let, let's go. And then the kids came and made it fun for us and then made friends with other people. And like the whole thing grew and, and it was pretty big for a little bit, especially for a small town. We had we'd have shows, you know, 200 kids on all local bands, just kids hanging out. There used to be like probably like 15 to 20 bands in town here. And then that all kind of faded away and there'd be a couple stragglers here and there. The Warriors kind of got super big and were touring the, <laughs> touring the world. And uh, so they weren't home much. And uh, I don't know if it, it didn't really die out because looking back now and, and, and talking to people still, there's bands sporadically, but uh, right now it's, it's growing again and there's multiple bands. we got a, a venue now and uh, it's popping off again, but I'm just the one that I guess is, is the, stupid enough to put myself on the line and make it happen. <laughs> That's fair. Like, yeah. So there's, there is some similarity there in like, you know, when I was growing up going to shows in a bigger city and then just going, I, I want to do this here too. And you mentioned, yeah. you know, friends, bands driving out, then you drive out and play with them. There's a whole lot of that going on. And it's probably, you know, one of the things I miss the most, like a, not, not playing in bands anymore, but B now living in a city where there's, you know, a much larger, more established scene. Like you don't have that. Uh, there was definitely, you know, a time where if it wasn't me or, you know, my friends doing it, like it, it just wasn't happening. Right. Like, uh, so that's when, when you, when you mention a small town, I'm like, Oh, I wonder, wonder how similar those stories kind of are. Cause, um, what, like how, how old are you? If you don't mind me asking. I'm 47. Okay. So you're like, okay. So you're like almost 10 years older than I'm old. That would explain why you've got, you know, teenagers who are 18 and 16 years old. But, um, yeah, man, like growing up 
just doing it like i mean it's it's diy right that's the whole it doesn't exist without it so i just wanted to hear a little bit about that story there and the fact that you're still you know like going um obviously is it both of your sons that are in war as hell or just one of them uh just my oldest my oldest okay. son quite into doing a band yet he'll go to shows and depending on who it is but he's not as into it but my my older kid's in a few bands now he yeah. plays with communication a lot of times with like guitar bass so he fills in yeah he's a maniac <laughs> that's awesome and, and obviously he loves I'm, I'm assuming he loves kind of doing that alongside you he's not like dad come on man I'm, <laughs> you're not uh, cool anymore no i think him now yeah I, I i think he likes playing with my band or with ill communication a lot um because he just shows up and plays and then with his band he writes the, the songs and i think that's more nerve-wracking and put himself out on a limb so when he plays with us he can kind of like almost he's more carefree for him like mm-hmm. i don't care if he messes up he's like, not my band so <laughs> Uh, you just played a show with them last night, is that right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we did a Halloween show. It was great. Everyone How came dressed up. What's <laughs> that? The, sorry. All the crowd came dressed up in costumes. It was, it was pretty fun, actually. That's fun. That's, That's fun. fun. Um, How often do you get to play shows with with your kid? Um. Well, like I said, lately, uh, one of our members he uh, he tours with like uh, some big bands and does like merch and and tech stuff. So he's been gone a lot. Um. So. I think probably at our last, maybe even like you know eight to ten shows, he's probably played either guitar, or bass, in all those, but like two. So, um, kind of pretty regularly if we we're playing, he might be. Uh, he's usually there because if I'm booking a show for us, I try to get his band on there now, just because they want to play out and stuff. I'm trying to show him, hey, here, go talk to this guy now. This is the guy that gave us a show. You need to come back here another time and maybe give him a show in Tatchby. So. Um, he, we play with him a lot. He plays with us, and then I, his band plays with us as well. Like last night, he didn't play in Ill Communication, but his band played. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit, I think, about that in, like, um, I guess just raising kids who eventually get into punk and hardcore. Like, I've got kids of my own, and I'll, like, play the music whenever, right? It's the main stuff I listen to. So they're going to hear it whether they like it or not. But um, do you remember a time when, like, were they always kind of into it? Or do you remember a time when maybe a, a, a switch flipped or whatever, and then they're like, hey, that stuff dad listens to, I actually like it. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember. When they were little, I mean, their mom would be like, I'm going to work. And so we'd be out on the trampoline and i i mean they liked the band striking distance a lot i'd play that and they would just like kind of fight each other on the trampoline i mean like little kids you know with the little boxing gloves or like just be crazy maniacs mm. i was like oh man they're but they're like five or six years old and i'm like this is gonna be awesome they're gonna be like little hardcore kids and then they kind of got away from that went to the mainstream thing when they're in in middle school or uh, elementary school and i think it must have been probably in junior high when my oldest kid um I'm not sure if we took him to a show or I just kind of was listening to my music and he actually uh, likes a lot of more he- heavier stuff than I do. So kind of, he really liked the band Gojira. That was like his, when he was like in sixth grade, that was like his favorite band. So we went mm-hmm. and saw them and I can't remember another band play with them. That was a little more like hardcore hate breed style. And he's like, this is cool. So it kind of opened the door. And ever since then he's been making, he's been getting into his own music. He's been showing me bands like, Bands I kind of missed out on when I first got hired by the fire department, where I was, wasn't going to shows and stuff like like Title Fight that band. Like yeah. I totally I totally missed their whole existence because I was in the middle of raising kids and 
really pushing myself at work to get where I wanted to be. So hardly ever went to any shows and I wasn't checking out new bands. And all of a sudden he's like, Hey, check this band out. I'm like, Oh, this is really cool. Like something. So he's finding these bands and turning me on to stuff now. So, man, I, I, I don't, I think the reasoning would be not similar, but like, I also missed out on title fight until after they were done. And now I go back and listen to them. Like, especially the album shed is just like, I can yeah, put that cool. on any day of the week. It's so, so good. But um, I did want to, you mentioned, you know, being a firefighter. Uh, what kind of, I guess, real quick, was there, was that just something you always wanted to do? Like what sort of led you into that line of work? Uh, my dad was a fireman. He retired from the same department I worked for. So um, I went in the military, did some firefighting stuff, got out, and I'm getting hired at the same department. We got to work together for a couple of years before he mm-hmm. retired and, just always something I kind of, yeah, kind of just kind of thought, Oh, that's what I'm going to do. My dad's doing it and I like it. So, I mean, you know, it's a job. I'd rather not have a job, <laughs> yeah. but as far as jobs go, I, I like it. And for it works for me, um, something I like doing and still having fun so far. So have you ever uh, had to put your firefighting skills to use in your own backyard? Yeah. I, I, uh, I like to have some beers and throw some stuff in my fire pit. <laughs> <laughs> Burn from boxes I, or beanbags. <laughs> I, I think you're supposed to elaborate a little bit. Roger told me to ask you that. If you ever oh, had yeah. to put your firefighting skills to use in your own backyard. <laughs> I'll get the video and send it to you. But <laughs> we had a giant, uh, I think they're called love sacks. They're like a big, huge beanbag. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. You know, like, like six feet around, you know. Mm-hmm. And my wife sold it to a lady. Uh, we we're trying to get out of the house because we we're like, I wouldn't need anymore. And she, lady bought it and then she brought it back and she's like, something about whatever. She didn't want it anymore. And I was like, well, forget it. I don't want this thing sitting in my house. And then we had a couple beers. So, and, and uh, we already kind of had a fire going in our fire pit. So I just walked up and threw it on there and it turned into, it just, it turned into this like goopy mess melted all over the place. And that's what <laughs> about but the flame it was awesome for a few minutes (laughs) oh man okay let's let's get into talking about the band a little bit uh so ill communication obviously i'm going to you mentioned them earlier i'm going to assume uh the name comes from the beastie boys record yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah um so now that we got that out of the way um (laughs) uh i wanted to talk we're going to talk about the new album doomsday brigade but with the cd version of the album anyways you include kind of the singles and eps uh, that oh. sort of came before it. So there's one song in particular that I was listening to uh, a bunch recently. So uh, actually, I wanted to... This record is one of, if not the only record that I have ever listened to on streaming, uh, on vinyl, on cassette, and on CD. <laughs> because, I mean, you guys sent a care package that was just like, I was absolutely blown away by everything that was in it. Um, and so recently our van broke down and we had to borrow a car from some friends in the meantime. And, you know, in this car didn't have Bluetooth, no aux, whatever. So I was like, Oh, I, the, the CD that you sent was actually for Aaron who does this show with me. And he is, he lives a province over. So I haven't seen him yet. So I still had it. So I, I texted him. I was like, dude, do you mind if I open the old communication CD 
this car just has a CD player. He's like, yeah, yeah. So I put it in and listened to the CD on loop for like four or five days as I like drove to and from work and around the city and whatever. Right. And it's not very long, even with the EPs on there, like it goes by pretty quick, but one song in particular that doesn't come from the, the, that doesn't come from doomsday brigade, the album itself, but is on that CD is the song, uh, ear goggles and x-rays. Um, which it's originally on the EP death threats in the hieroglyphics. And I just wanted to ask, and maybe you, I don't know if you'd know this because like you just, you just sing in the band, right? Like you don't play any instruments. No, I don't know. Okay. Okay. So I'm not sure if you'll know this then or not, but I wanted to know if the guitar riff is supposed to be a straight lift from the ESPN sports center theme, or if that's just like a coincidence, you know, so I don't know. when they wrote it if, if that's exactly what but that's just what we called i don't even know the name like we don't call any of the songs by their names really yeah. you know some we do but that song is we just call it sports center yeah okay <laughs> they were to say uh let's play ear goggles i'd be like what what yeah i'm talking about I'm like sports center like okay that happened last night they're like play sports center i'm like i know what song you're talking about. dear sons you shall be judged <laughs> So I guess why I was asking though is if it was uh, because I picked up on it the very first time I heard that song I was like what does this riff remind me of and then the very last like kind of time through it or whatever that second like I guess harmonizing guitar comes in or whatever it's like dan and and I'm like oh that's sports center like that's what that is and so I guess what I wanted to ask is because the lyrical content about that song is about 
I don't know if it's about you like raising your sons in particular, but just like, you know, young men coming up in the world and just sort of, um, just carrying a responsibility to, you know, I guess make sure you're a good person, (laughs) you know, for a, for a lack of a better phrase, I guess. But so when I, when I hear the song with that riff and with the lyrical content, I'm like, is it supposed to be, you know, kind of like geared towards that quote unquote, like bro culture. It's like, dude, you got to chill out, be a good person. Stop treating people like shit. (laughs) No, I mean, it wasn't written as a diss towards anybody. I mean, I wrote it about my kids Hmm. and, um, at that time, our drummer had a son, and, and now Roger, you know, like everyone in the band and and, and a bunch of our friends that, that are still hang out with the band and, and kind of do different, you know, the art for us or maybe help record. They all have kids, and so I'm around these people with kids, and it's kind of like, man, we need to make sure our kids are not being idiots. So um, mm-hmm. that's what the song's just about, just being a, yeah, like yeah, basically yeah, trying to be a good person. Um, no, I'm, I'm not big on bro culture, the flat bill, like uh, – Pennywise fans, you know, like right. uh, yeah. not every Pennywise fan, and I love people, but but just if you go to a Pennywise show, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, and uh, but I didn't wasn't writing about them because some of those guys are cool. <laughs> basically, yeah. about these people being like, yeah, yeah, basically like uh, taking responsibility for your actions hmm. in life because you know that's something that I feel like a lot of people don't do right now, or you know, so yeah, I don't want my kids to do that, so. Um, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. So when I, like I said, I just want to know because with the, the sports center riff thing, I was like, oh, I wonder if that's intentionally connected. But uh, yeah, great, great song point. anyway. <laughs> Even if it's not I, intentional, I didn't write any of the the music. I wish I could. I just I can do mouth stuff, you know, mouth like riffs. But uh, yeah, <laughs> usually uh, Matt and and uh, Rogers kind of shake their head at me like, "What? Get out of here!" that reminds me i was playing in a band years ago and you know we were working on this song and the drummer's like oh had an idea for the bass line but he didn't know exactly how to describe it you know like play these notes or whatever he's like how about at the end of that line you do the you go like butter bomb (laughs) so it's like it just like yeah Yeah. do the butter bomb um okay let's let's talk about doomsday brigade then the album itself that came out earlier this year uh first and foremost you want to you want to tell us a little bit about I guess the title of the album and sort of what the idea is behind that. Um, yeah. So when that, that line doomsday brigade comes from the song, uh, world war ill, mm-hmm. the song I wrote about, um, in the past like years, I mean, I've been doing hardcore show forever and I'm, I'm I don't, I look back to my old bands and I'm a pretty, um, I've always been a positive guy. Mm-hmm. And I think like almost to, like I was naive in a lot of things and just thought, Oh, all these people that are involved in hardcore, are like good people. And obviously we all know as we've gotten older and the internet's become a thing that there's a lot of people that we've thought were, we might even hung out with them or toured with them that are right. not nice people. And, uh, they use their, and this is in life as well, but I, I mostly kind of geared this song towards some stuff that had gone down in the hardcore scene, the punk scene in the last, whatever, five years or just people using their position as like, a in a famous band or not famous, but like, you know, in a popular band or mm. maybe they run a record label or they book shows or they're just even like a, a scene dude. That's a person could be a woman um, that's at a show and just using that sort of clout to take advantage of people, whether that's mm. like, you know, trying to get them to send them, you know, naughty photos 
or, you know, pressure them to do something different at a show. Like, Hey man, like you guys do this, whatever it is, just using their influence for the wrong reasons. Yeah. So that song was uh, written hopefully about people that are that way and to hopefully inspire people to stand up for each other. Cause I've had friends that have gone through things later and found out years later, like, Oh man, this person was doing this. And it's like, man, if you'd have told me, why didn't you say something? And they're like, I'm too, I was too afraid. And yeah. I was like, oh, we, we had your back, you know, we, we, we had your back then we have it now. And, and sometimes those people that have been, you know, uh, intimidated or manipulated into doing things need a, their, their, their homies, their doomsday brigade to step up for them. And, maybe even, you know, to speak up for them when they can't. And so that's kind of what that doomsday brigade is for like, it's doomsday for the people, hopefully that help people that are being manipulated to cut, to speak up and not be afraid. And for other people to actually, if they see it to speak up as well. So mm-hmm. we'll talk yeah. a bit about world war ill a little bit later too. I did have some other kind of comments on it, but um, the uh, I will say the call out the doomsday brigade call out like right before it, all breaks down is one of my favorite moments on the whole record. <laughs> um, the ar- that's favorite song for sure. That's a that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. That lead, that lead rules. Yeah, I guess it was from Eva is awesome. Yeah. Oh man, you're covering all my topics for it. So let's just talk about it now then. So that okay. yeah, that okay. is my that is my favorite feature on the record. Um, is 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 Eva's feature, and it just like it hits so hard. <laughs> talk a little bit about i guess then some of the the features because that one like i said stands out but there's some good ones all across the board on on the record like how did those come together was it just something that you know obviously as i mentioned earlier things like punk and hardcore scenes they don't exist without people working together uh do you think like is that kind of where 
the idea to bring in, I didn't count how many there were, but there's a good number of features on the record. Yeah. The idea to bring that in kind of came from, or was it just like, Oh, I just need a different voice on this part or whatever. No, we've always with this band, like it's never, I mean, honestly, the way the band was supposed to be was Roger was going to write a demo. I was going to sing on it and uh, we were going to get Danny, Donnie Phillips from the old warrior days and Joe, we play a show and that was going to be it. And we kind of did that and I was like, Hey, this is fun. Let's keep doing it. So after we did that, the next, I think almost every, every, I don't say every song, but a lot of them have guest guest spots. Mm. And that's because basically like we wanted this band to be sort of like always having other people. We've had people help write the write songs musically, write lyrics. Um, yeah. Do guest spots. Uh, just all our friends we've made throughout the years, a way for us to like basically reconnect with people or, or stay connected with the people that we've met recently through bands and stuff. So that's why all the guest spots are on there. Everyone's a friend. Um, no one's on there. It was just like, there's no like random hit up of like, Hey, this guy's in this super popular band right now. Let's yeah. hit them up. We want to see it. It's like every, everyone on there is, is a homie, you know, and, and been either been a friend for a really long time. Like Eva known her since, I mean, she must've been 15 years old when we met back in the day. And, uh, she's been doing awesome bands ever since. Um, you know, those friends on there, the Rogers friend, you know, Rogers got some buddies on there too, from Oxnard that, our friends of mine too, but they're like, maybe he's closer to them than I am and vice versa on some of those, those guys. But, um, yeah, I, I always like the guest spots. And with this band, I just want to do everything that I think is cool. And if mm. people like it and they can vibe with it, cool. If they think it's cheesy or whatever, that's fine too. They don't gotta like it. We still be friends. The thing I, I think I like about, uh, this record in particular with guest spots, cause guest spots are cool. Like, they're, they're kind of done in different ways, I suppose. Cause there is, as you mentioned, like the, Oh, this random artist from this popular band or whatever that, you know, people might bring in to maybe get some ears on their song or what have you. But, uh, and then there's also like guest spots where they kind of stand out because there's, you know, the, the vocals maybe don't mesh as much as like to, you know, if I'm listening to it going like, Oh, that sounds a little weird. But the thing I love about the guest spots on this record is that they all just fit so well. And it just sounds like you all, you know, gel so well. And I think that probably comes from, you know, as you just mentioned, they're literally just friends that you had come in and, and, you know, feature on the record. So, uh, yeah, I think that's, I think that's pretty great how it all came across the, I like it. The, the artwork for the album, I do have to ask, was that kind of, um, was it a, a riff on ill communication by the BC boys, the whole plane thing? Yeah. Yeah. We kind of wanted to do, we had a couple different ideas and um yes donnie phillips is the one that did the art um super talented dude um we kind of like the yeah with the uh license the ill record with the plane crash we're like let's do something play on that and we ended up finding the that uh abandoned graveyard of airplanes is out by edwards air force <laughs> base um took some photos and donnie just worked his magic and I think yeah. it's quite awesome. Dude. The color scheme is great. Everything about it's great. So yeah, it's one of many yellow records that have come out this year. Yeah. <laughs> yellow. I guess twenty twenty three is the year of yellow for whatever reason. But uh, there's a lot of good ones that are yellow. Uh, and this record, before we get into some of the songs, if I understand correctly, this record almost kind of didn't see the light of day. There were some. Were, were there some sort of like label issues or whatever finding someone to distribute it? Um, not necessarily label. 
I mean, we, I whatever. I'm a, I'm a nerd, and I send out little emails and packages, you know, like sign my band type stuff, like you did when you're little. Um, yeah. Um, no, there was a few labels that wanted to put it out. Some of them wanted to hear it before they would put it out. Um, and um, Bert from Safe Inside was just like, "Yo, I want to do it," and uh, we're like, "Okay, cool." Because I've known Bert forever, and he's a super cool guy. Um, I think where the the run-ins were was uh, just getting. I mean. I think things are better now at vinyl plants, but during right at the end of COVID, because this this record was recorded for like two years before it came out. It was at the took a while to get in Bert's um rotation to get sent off to the plant. So that was, you know, a couple months delay. Um and then just getting at the plant um to get pressed took forever. Um and Bert was doing a couple other bands at the time with Safe Inside. And so they're kind of ahead of us in the order of getting the record out, you know. Mm-hmm. So just, just a lot of delays. Nothing like, a, I mean, I think for those years, that year of, you know, 20, 2021, end of 2021 and 2022, like it was just everything was shambles with with pressing plants. So, right. and Bert was definitely a victim of that. Um, but I think it came out great. And he's, he's, uh, he's, in, he's an adult. He's got a wife and kids and a job. He travels and stuff. So like, we're not a touring band and I, I think he he did everything he could do um to get it out. So I mean I'm happy it's out. Probably things could have some things could have went smoother on even his end, what what how he worked it or whatever, how the plant did it. Just just delays, you know. Mm-hmm. But like I don't think anything was ever uh I don't know what the right word is, like nothing was done on purpose or nothing like that, if that yeah. makes sense, you know. So um, but but it worked out good because we were able to find uh, Steve from Heroes and Martyrs, an old friend of ours that did some With or Without You and Die Are You stuff. Then he put out the CDs and tapes, um, and it all kind of ended up coming out at the exact same time. So yeah. like the record and the CDs and tapes ended up kind of being our laps all within like a week or two of each other. So There you go. It's funny because like Roger and I uh, had talked about this record for a little bit because like I've – First time I chatted with Roger was a number of years ago now, and we just kind of stayed in contact here and there or whatever. And I remember him mentioning it, and we were talking about it. And and then, uh, you know, he was talking about some of these delays and what have you. And then all of a sudden, I don't even know what happened. Like, I look, and here's this, like, ill communication record, and it's actually been out by the time I got to it for, like, a month or more. And I'm like, wait, where, like, where was, where was all this? But um, it, it, it turned out, I think, top to bottom, like I said, having you know, listen to it on vinyl, on cassette, on CD and digital, like it, it all turned out great. So the weight, yeah. the weight was worth it in the end. Um, for, us, for us too, you know, like we're, yeah. we're in band. So yeah. And a lot of the way it sounds is all because of Roger. He recorded it, all of it. Yeah. His buddy Rolly mastered it and did, did, I don't know what they did. They did their magic on it. They, they, did, magic. they, they did their magic. Yeah. Um, the way this record you know, you talk about mastering and stuff like that. The, the way this record flows from start to finish, especially from, I would say like song three, all the way to the end, maybe more so than with song one and two, but even they work, it feels so much like a, like just being live in the room with the band. You know, there are some songs obviously that just like flow from one into the next. Um, and you even shout out a song title for like well-represented at the beginning of it sort of thing. Right. Like, was that, was that kind of a, an intentional choice for you to go out and say, let's just make this feel like every time you put it on, you're at an ill communication show. Yeah. We definitely want the record to translate to live shows with some mm-hmm. sing along, you know, people that, you know, and even 
we play some of the songs back to back like that so they know like oh this what we know what's next um i've always been a big fan of like sequencing as well and, mm -hmm. and roger actually how i had a sequence was different and then roger's like this is how it should be and he was exactly right um <laughs> but uh as always but uh yeah it, it, i mean we really set out to record the record we i mean i i had notes for myself like that calling out the song title you know like that's an old whatever youth of the day like all, yeah. all the old bands do that i'm like well i'm definitely gonna scream this the next song name out before one of the songs i'm definitely gonna have this we're like so we all had our little list of exactly the things we wanted in this record so um yeah little things like that and our or even having a song like the uh shoot man what is it called i think it's called audio algebra it's like a song it's like you know it's like 12 seconds long or whatever right yeah 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 i love that kind of thing so i'm like we gotta have a 12 second song and the guys were like what why i'm like they're like all right let's do it you know like and then there's other songs in there that i'm like i don't know man this might be a little bit too melodic for me and they're like no i think it's gonna work and then it does so it, i think everyone got it everyone got to put their two cents in and it turned out i think it's a great album like mm. i, I think lie, but it's a, yeah I think you nailed it though with different points and going like the sequencing, I think for a record this year, anyway, it is, I think one of the only ones where Im like immediately upon listening to it, at least a couple times anyway, uh, I go, man, the way this record flows just feels so, so right. So, and, and a lot of that, like I said, kind of lends to feeling a little bit like a live show or what have you, but uh, audio algebra uh, it's just like a fun, it, it's a fun, like, like you said, like literally like 20 second song or whatever. It's so short, but, um, even the message behind that song though, you know, years to build a second to wreck it, get wise and unite. Like it doesn't take long for things to fall apart if you're not taking care of it. Right. Um, incredible. And then, uh, the, when you talk about, you know, like the melodic parts being, you know, where you think maybe they're too melodic and the guys are like, no, nah, I think it actually works honestly like those are the parts where it just like for me anyways where it all of a sudden like really hits home like whether it's on um the song flip the switch uh where you know you cut it cuts to the party we'll never be this young again right like where you actually kind of start singing and then the guitar line in that song like when all of that stuff kicks in that's where for me especially i'm like the album just like takes off <laughs>
first two songs are are great, but once that part of Flip the Switch hits, I'm just like, I can't help but continue to like crank the volume knob, turn it up more and more, right? So um such a great song and and like the way the record goes from there is fantastic. And I did want to say too, uh, when you shout out the song title, you know, very youth of today sort of thing, maybe that's why a lot of times when I listen to this record, I'm like, if I have time to sit and listen to records, I'm always like, oh, I want to listen to Youth of Today or Gorilla Biscuits or, you know, like something from, you know, that that late 80s, mid 80s, like hardcore, you know, I mean, obviously that stuff's straight edge stuff, but just like so great, right? Like um, it yeah, just, it, it feels so good to listen to. It makes me feel, even though I'll probably never see your band live outside of clips on YouTube, because as you mentioned, not a touring band. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll make a trek down to uh, to Tehachapi sometime just to do it. But uh, in the middle, in the middle somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's it's such a such a blast to listen to. So, um, should we talk about some of the songs a little bit? Yeah, whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, flip the switch. Uh, would I be accurate in saying this is probably the first song off this album I heard? Did you guys release it ahead of time? Yes, that was the first one. Yeah, we and yeah, we did that kind of like Vinny uh, Caruana from Movie Life and Avalanche. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sings on it, and he's been a friend of ours for since '99, whatever back in the day. Um, and '99, you suckers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, that's not, but, um, yeah, so it was like kind of a kind of a kind of a, a, a I don't know what you want to call it, like a his name being on that song is definitely going to get some random ears on it so that was the right. first the first single that we did yeah yeah um i like i said the the parts that i kind of pointed out were like the more i guess kind of like sung lines come in and there's just a really like nice lead guitar line in there but really i think what hits me the most every time is just like the message behind the song you know we'll never be this young again and just going like okay you know, I got to make the most of today. Like, instead of just kind of like letting time tick by and it's very easy to just all of a sudden go, Holy crap. Like it's now, you know, we're talking, this is a couple days. I don't know when this episode's coming out, but we're talking a couple days before Halloween when we're recording this. And I'm like, that's, you know, I can think back to last year and go, okay, Halloween last year, what have I done in that year? Right? Like, what have I done? And like, time just goes by so quick. And I think it's great you know, to kind of have that reminder, even though I think one time I may have messaged you while listening to that song and talking about like how that song just sort of makes me feel a little bit like, um, oh man, I've done nothing. Like, (laughs) you know, like the time is ticking away, but, uh, yeah, it's a great daily reminder. And I guess like when you, when you talk about we were talking a little bit earlier about growing or not growing up, raising kids. Uh, is that like something that you try to like, who are you gearing that song towards? Cause you do say there's a line in there. It's like, how does it go? We got to, I think it's, we got to flip the switch kid. Right. Like, so I don't know if you're directing that at younger people or if you're calling yourself kid or whatever, like, is there a, a target audience for that song? Um, uh, yeah, for, well, I mean, basically I wrote that song, um, or at least parts of it. Um, I guess no, it wouldn't be that long ago. But uh, during some COVID stuff and during stuff at work, when I had some people at work who were getting all their news off of like Facebook and TikTok, and it's mm-hmm. like, and they're legit like telling me how they're. Oh, I don't talk to my sister or brother anymore because like we don't agree on this certain topic. Which whatever, I'm not saying one of them was right, one was wrong, but it's like, man, you're gonna not be friends with your mm-hmm. family anymore. 
or were this like something you read about on social media, uh, you know, like on your phone, like, so that was basically geared towards anyone. And I do, I do see that a lot. I do have kids in school. I uh, help out at the school, high school up here. I work there some days. Um, and seeing the kids just, it's like, not like when we were in school where you'd go and hang out with your buddies, you know, during, and it's like just zombies walking around looking at their phone. And it's like, man, you're, you're wasting your life away being on social media or just your phone, whatever you're doing, playing a game, even like, and it's just, that's the target audience that, that the kid vote, the kids flip the switch kid is just like a, another one of those like hardcore things, youth crew things from back in the day when there's bands that would say that, like, come on kid. Like, and it just something that I always thought was cool. Um, so that was just like a throwback to that. Like just using the word kid. Yeah. yeah. There's, I should have said dude. Cause I say dude, <laughs> but Flip the switch, dude. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it would have had quite the same vibe, but um, that does remind me a little bit. There are like a few different, um, I don't know if you'd consider that a call out in any way, but there's just a few different like lines. I mentioned the doomsday brigade thing, like as before it goes into, you know, the breakdown there, uh, the kick it Roger uh, gets me every time uh, the flip the switch kid. Like there's just a few, like on this record, I should say a bunch on this record of just like, little like one liners where every time they come up, we're living in hell here. Like just all those things where I'm like, just waiting for it, you know? Um, so thanks for littering the album with all sorts of, uh, littering makes it sound like it's garbage, but you know, <laughs> thanks for filling the album with all sorts of just like little, little yeah. one liners to get behind. Um, yeah. So, uh, the the next song I wanted to talk about, which again, we've already talked about it. We've kind of gone back and forth a little bit, but well represented is clearly like a love letter to your local scene. Um, you, I mean, literally there's a line in there. Uh, was it Tehachapi fucking hardcore pride? Is that how it goes? Yeah. Um, so, you know, shout out to your local scene and whatever. And I, I asked you ahead of time if you wanted to, you know, share some, share some bands that are, I guess, a little more local, not necessarily from your town, because as you've mentioned, it's kind of pretty small, but, um, if you wanted to shout out a few bands so that we can all, when we're done, you know, when the listener's done listening and when I'm done chatting with you, we can all kind of go dig a little deeper into some maybe lesser known bands. Yeah, for sure. Um, just to make the, the craziest thing about that we're represented song though, is, uh, Zach Nelson, uh, Retaliate, uh, he sings in Retaliate as the 185 Miles uh, South podcast. He mm-hmm. actually wrote the lyrics to that song. Oh, funny. <laughs> song. He's been a friend forever, and I love the way he writes. I love the way he he, uh, he does, and he wanted to write a song. We we asked him to write a song, and uh, that's the it's kind of funny because, but he's he's always awesome. He writes a lot of songs about Oxnard, so it's fitting and and he he's been attached to me many times and it's a big uh piece of that that ties us in with roger and all that so um mm-hmm. he's actually the one that wrote that song lyrically but uh well, there you go. He, he did a great song writing uh or he did a great job writing a song about a town he doesn't live in <laughs> yeah. but yeah i love it though he, he knows how much i love it so it was easy for him because he loves his town so yeah yeah he just had to change the names it's all good
had it written by Oxnard and he just threw Tashby in there instead. <laughs> it probably flows better though than Oxnard. Hard. How does it go? Now I can't remember how the line goes off the top of my head, but um, I mean, they got their own thing with Nardcore, right? So yeah. Yeah. So you want to shout out some bands real quick though, that we can all. Yeah, hang- I want to shout out my, my son's band. Uh, they're called Wars Hell. Um, they got their demo out right now on Bandcamp. They just recorded it. It should be on Spotify and all streaming starting in uh, on th- on Halloween. So I'm sure this will be out after Halloween. But so by the time this comes out, it'll be streaming on all platforms. Uh, they got a demo tape coming out on another City Records, uh, which is the which Sean is the guy that put out the the two of our EPs on one. Mm-hmm. Uh, vinyl um super cool dude and also part of that label is a label that me and a couple of dudes are doing so it's kind of a split release called iron mind collective um so tapes and some cds are going to be out on that soon um super cool band i mean obviously inspired by the warriors um my kid and all his buddies are into the warriors from tatchby and so it's kind of a no-brainer for them to call the band wars hell um so if you can check that out i think it's cool uh, uh let's see what were the other bands that i mentioned oh a band that called out of line they're from bakersfield uh with some tatchby guys kind of more on the street punk vibe side um super rad live band they played last night with us and just like man just just fun just fun dudes awesome stage presence uh all the guys in the bands are players um their stuff streaming already out of line um there's a band called shiva from uh palmdale the Annal valley very cool they got like a different vibe um i kind of compared a turnstile but they've actually been doing that kind of the, the same amount of time so i wouldn't say it's a rip but just kind of yeah. they kinda, they're all over the place um, i'm not sure if you got to if you got to listen to check them out but uh they're cool super cool dudes they go to all the shows they tour they book shows where they're at um super rad so i check them out they're they're on a bunch of uh streaming platforms already and I'll shout out the Oxnard band that Vendetta just put out a new record on Indecision, which is awesome. And then uh, this band In Time is also from Oxnard. They're kind of like a more old school, root sounding hardcore. And they just put out a record, an EP on Indecision. And those guys are all super awesome guys. They book all the shows in Oxnard, or most of them, and Ventura. They're always at shows, hanging out. Um, just super cool guys that like, they're at the shows, you know, like they're, they're doing it, you know, they're not just at the shows they play. So I always think that's a cool thing when, when a band is booking the shows, going to shows, they're moshing, they're singing along They're They're yeah. They're, they're bigging up in all their buddies bands all the time. And I just think that's super important and super rad part of hardcore. So they got a record record. This came out a couple months ago in decision as well. Yeah, man. All sorts of so much music out there. I love yeah. there's one I would say one of my favorite things about doing this podcast over the years has just been asking, you know, other musicians and talking from their scenes or, you know, whatever, just stuff they're listening to, stuff they're into, because I can never get enough. Like that, I will say this, the, you know, obviously the streaming world of music has its pros and its cons. For me, the biggest pro is clearly that it's just so easy to discover, you know, your new favorite band that you may have otherwise, you know, not have heard or would have taken i mean not to say that like you know obviously back in the day with people making mixtapes and sending stuff around like word got out on some bands but now there's just so much at your fingertips so it's always fun to ask bands who they're who they're kind of listening to or wanting to shout out a little bit 
Yeah, that's how you find the gems, you know? It's yeah. it's, there's obviously a hierarchy to streaming as far as what labels are popping and what bands are popping. So, you know, say Triple B puts out a record, everyone's going to check it out. Mm-hmm. And Riley said bands are awesome. Um, let's say uh, Heroes and Martyrs, that, the label that put out our CD, they just put out a record called uh, Hard Feelings, a seven inch. Yeah. Awesome. And I'm hoping people will check it out, you know, but it's kind of it's probably harder to get a pop. So it's got to take people talking about it to get it to pop, you know? So um, yeah. like you're saying, talking to other bands and other, other podcasts. I mean, that's why I love podcasts to listen to them. And it's like, it's like the new zine, you know, like yeah. you used to get a zines back in the day and you'd open it up to the review section and be like, Oh, that demo, this band has a demo and they sound like, you know, they sound like, you know, side by side. I'm definitely going to buy that. They're sending my $4. Now yeah. you listen to a podcast and someone's like talking about a band. They're like, Oh, this band sounds like whoever, you know, and you get to check it out, you know, on instantly on streaming. So yeah. Yeah. It's they, great. About it, unless it was for like the people you're talking with, like you're saying. So that's definitely yeah. awesome. Um, another song I wanted to quickly chat about, is it, I guess it's search for AC. I'm, uh-huh. conf- I'm confused by the, uh, lowercase a and uppercase C. I'm like, what is, what is the deal with that? But um, <laughs> it's not supposed to be lowercase and uppercase. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I think it's supposed to be uppercase. I guess I, that's a typo, man. That's funny. Well, now I, now I want to double check and see if that's what actually, or if I just thought I saw it that way. Um, Maybe let's see. I'm pretty sure. But anyway, it doesn't matter. That's like um, Roger was sharing with me about there's a no motive album where, uh, yeah, it's definitely lowercase a uppercase C on streaming. But anyways, Roger was sharing about a no motive album where like the sequencing, like the track titles are actually flipped for two of the songs. Um, But anyways, this song search for AC, it doesn't, would you view this song? I, I almost view this song as an album closer. Is that accurate? Even though it doesn't technically close the album. Yeah. Um, it was supposed to be the closer. And then, uh, I don't know if I fought a battle on one, but like, I always liked back in the day when you'd get, you know, a record and had a secret song. Yeah. So I really wanted that, that last song, the ill deal. Cause it's kind of a fun, just like not goofy, but just, a more fun song that would be super fun live to play. Um, I wanted that to be, you know, like track 99 on the CD or whatever, like yeah. <laughs> a big, a big delay. And uh, I also pushed for like a little skit, which I know some people hate the skit. And I think I, I've always wanted to do that on record. And I thought this might be the last time I ever get to do a record. So I'm going to yeah. do, do a, a stupid little skit. So, uh, but that song search for AC was, was supposed to be, art is like the close to me is the closer. And then that last song, cause We'd we'd actually almost toyed with not having uh, the ill deal on the um, the uh, the skit on streaming. It would only be on vinyl. Right. It was kind of it didn't play out and didn't we didn't end up really making a, a definite decision, and then it ended up just being on the on the vinyl, which I'm glad it is. But uh, it was only going to be like on or it's only going to be on vinyl, not streaming. So. Um, mm-hmm. And then maybe release it later on streaming. So that was kind of like, oh, let's do this cool thing. But uh, yeah, that that's that that song was definitely should have been the closer, I guess. Or it, it it was in a sense, but with the secret song. So so this is this is what I love because um, so I I have notes for both search for AC as well as the ill deal, which is the album closer. But so first and foremost, like with search for AC, 
the thing I, I really love about it is like how it signals the end of the album with that riff that comes in where it's just like so heavy and i actually kind of think it sounds like you've i mean you referenced doomsday you're you know there's a line on the album we say bring on the apocalypse like it literally sounds like the the apocalypse is happening in the music the way that riff like kind of hits and it slows down right like it kind of progressively gets slower yeah and it but and so it like that's why for me like it sounds like that's the closer but then going back to you know what I was saying earlier about this album feeling like, uh, you know, live in the room with ill communication, because then when it comes into the ill deal with, you know, the, the, the little skit thing makes it feel like a secret song as it were. So that's why I I still kind of consider search for AC to be the closer because it feels like, as you mentioned in what you were going for, it goes into a secret song, but then too, it also reminds me, you know, kind of like with the whole live feeling like a live performance thing, almost like a fun encore. Like the band just comes out and like everyone's stage piles for the encore, right? Like as they're all like chanting along, what's the deal? It's able to get time or whatever. Right. Like it's just, I think it's, it works so well. The first time I heard it, I was a little bit like, Oh man, like search for AC. Like that is a crushing finisher the album's not over like what's happening right now and then i will i will admit the first like time or two i think i probably fell into that camp where i didn't really like the skit and then i started viewing it as you mentioned as like a secret song almost and like makes a little more sense to me now and it it really i don't know it's a great way to close the album oh thank you yeah that that ac song was is kind of to me i feel the same way it's kind of the closer of like if we were some big band playing big shows, that might be the one to end with, you know? Mm-hmm. The ill deal could be, yeah, like a little like, oh, okay, you want one more? Here you go. Yeah, or yeah. start with that one. Because like, it is just a, a banger with the easy sing-along, you know? And that's yeah. those are my favorite, you know? Like, those kind of songs are my favorite. And that's where this band is kind of different than probably a lot of bands are where, like, there's no, like, I think the style of each song is a little bit, they vary. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and that's just the guys in the band being able to be like, I want a song like this. And me being like, I want a song that sounds like this, you know, like Madball. <laughs> like, yeah. and being like, I want a song that sounds like Snapcase or whatever. And it's kind of like, all right, let's make it all happen. So, yeah. no. And, and again, you know, going back to talking about sequencing of the record and stuff, I think it is great how well it all kind of fits together with different influences, different vocalists coming in, like just sort of all that stuff going on. And it still feels like one incredibly cohesive album. My only complaint from, for the whole thing is that it's just too short, (laughs) but that's hardcore in general, right? Like it's, you know, it's a good hardcore record. If you're like, you know, I don't even know what the official runtime is on it, but like 25 minutes later, you're like, how are we done already? Like I I just want to listen to it again and then it just loops over and over yeah that was something we contemplated too we we wrote probably four more songs but uh just in the streaming era it's kind of like man if we it's it's how i still don't know what the best way to release music is right now right yeah obviously if you're an established band and people want to hear lp then you put it on lp but if you're not like i would recommend young bands just drop three songs here three Mm -hmm. songs there have someone put it on vinyl because um, if you do eight songs and you know people might only hear two of them if yeah. you, if you, you know, it's kind of a hard like i don't know what kids are doing they're they're i know my kids their attention span is pretty poor so <laughs> uh yeah i mean i still definitely it's funny how many times i'll get disappointed when a band 
does exactly that where it's like, Oh, this band's great. Oh, there's only two or three songs. Like, um, but I, you know, coming from an age and an era where like we grew up on albums, right? Like we had to go to the store or whatever and buy what you wanted to listen to. So you were committed to that, you know, whether it was 10 songs or, you know, 20 songs, whatever, however long it was, like you were listening to that because you paid for it. Like, whereas now with streaming, there's probably definitely some validity to saying like, just release a couple songs at a time. And I've, come to love some bands that you know practice that very thing like there's a band out of salt lake city called run into the sun that like they release i don't know if they have a plan for like a full length at any point i mean i'm sure eventually but like the last they've just released like two song after two like a you know like a a single an a and b side the names are like they have the what are the what is the names the band that band run into the sun oh uh, what their records that they have a like Two word names are the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all like um now I want to look it up, but they're it'll always be like I know you're talking about. They're cool, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and like that band I I kinda like that where they're clearly like um like that is that is a choice, right? Like in their and the way all of their their names now I want to bring them up. I had them on the show uh a while ago, but um but yeah, the way, the way they kind of like package everything, the artwork is all thematically similar. Uh, like their latest one came out, looks like at the, towards the end of August called no one sees me slash nothing heals here. And it's just always like two songs. Their artwork is all similar, keeping it all together. And they're just like, they're great now, you know, like you can make playlists. I'm, I could put together almost a full length, probably there. They, I'm sure they've got at least 10 songs out. It's like, all right. You know, the only, the only downside is if, um, you know, bands are doing that because i still like i said want to listen to an album right and so if if the production is like all over the place between all of them it gets a little bit more distracting i suppose but um yeah it is i mean it's just you know accepting that it's kind of a different world for music now and you know going back to the pros and cons of streaming that might be like for me one of the cons a little bit is like you know because it's all here now and it's so easily accessible attention spans get shorter and you know you do probably just want to release a couple songs at a time especially if you're a new band trying to establish yourself uh, that's also much more affordable than you know trying to put out a 12 song full length or something for your very first album yeah it's but, definitely a new world I, I agree with you though yeah, there definitely some rad albums that have came out and they've been sequenced great. And I'm like, man, an album, cool. And other, other, yeah. you know, they'll drop two tracks and then I'm like, man, I want more. So I don't yeah. know which better to be like, I can't wait for the next thing or like this thing's pretty awesome, but I I just don't know what what the the young the kids yeah. who are doing the hardcore thing, you know, doing the kids that are doing it now, what yeah. what they want, what they're doing. So that's all you know. That's that's what matters man what the kids want now as long like get your music out that's all you know like in the end let's just get it into people's ears so people can listen to it whether it's you know one or two songs at a time or you manage to you know drop a 10 song full length whatever like let's share music tell your friends about it and uh keep it going you know but anyway that's that's gonna do it like i don't have anything else unless you wanted there was like one last word of wisdom you wanted to get in there from your 47 years on this planet <laughs> Oh man, get a lot of sleep at night. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I appreciate you having us on. Uh, I know you and Roger are buddies, and that's awesome. Roger's great. Everyone in the band's great. We're we're grateful. Um, yeah, thank you for doing the podcast. I think it's awesome. Probably underappreciated. Uh, I don't know what you'd call it—a vehicle for hardcore and punk right now. That 
I think some people really appreciate it like me and other people kind of think of, you know, like kind of like, like a zine back in the day mm-hmm. where they, I don't appreciate it till later and like, man, they should have. So <laughs> appreciate you guys doing, doing your podcasts. I, yeah, I listened to a bunch of them. Um, they're always fun and entertaining. You guys are doing your word of spreading the good word of hardcore, you know, and punk. Yeah, so yeah, keep doing it. Keep it up. Thank you. Now y'all get the fuck out of here and go on, get. <laughs> <laughs>